0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. It's going to be a good day and I invited my wife to join me to speak today to tell a little bit about our story and uh, just before I get started, happy mother's day to you. Thank you. And I love you and you. Uh, I love <laughs> Way to you're the best Thank mom to our children. Dads, back me up on this. It doesn't really matter what you do. They love their mamas more. Is that true? Is that she can be the disciplinarian. She could spank them. I think to my... I didn't mean to say that. She could um, put them in the corner. And I think to myself, Oh, yeah. Oh, daddy's... Oh, yeah. I'm winning now. Now I'm in, you know, I'm going to come over and I'm going to make it all right. And I'll be if they don't run back to her after she's disciplined them. I, there's just something about a mom and you are fantastic. We're going to tell a little bit about thank our you. story, but happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you, Happy thank Mother's you. Day to our moms. I was raised in church. And so my mom lives in Arkansas. Uh, your mother lives here in yes. Texas, not far from us, about an hour from us. And I honor them today, grandmothers to our children, and our moms raised us in church, and we're here today because of them. A lot of you are here today because (laughs) you your mamas, uh, and I'm so glad that you decided to do that.
1: Well, City Hills, you look great today. Just to to echo what he said, um, I honor my mom, and she's got an amazing testimony. I love to share it. I love for her to share it, but she's a little shy. Um, but if you're watching at some point this week, mom, I love you, I honor you, and I honor my mother-in-law. She raised a good man, and um, this church has led very well, and I, I know, can we give them a hand? Yeah. Church has led very well, and we are, we are very blessed uh, because of the leadership of their mom. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be up here today. I, uh, I usually speak on Mother's Day. I don't know if that's always going to be the case, but that's how we're doing it right now and I had a message ready. Um, let my pastor proofread it, and it was good. It, I, was, it good. was good. It was good. I'm gonna preach some <laughs> of it. <laughs> but I, um, after last week, uh, who was here last week and got to hear that incredible testimony? It was so good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I just, I, I don't know. I thought, well, I, I can do that. I can share my testimony. I haven't done that since we planted the church officially, and um, and, and just kind of talk to you a little bit about what's been on my heart in addition to, to how I became a mom.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let, let, me, let me start by saying I recognize that today's a hard day for some people, and uh, when we get to holidays, really all holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, w- especially in church life, we tend to put on this big smile that everything's okay and family's good and look at us and we all got dressed today and everything's okay, and, but, I, but I know and you know that that's not everybody's story. As a matter of fact, I would say it's probably not the majority of everybody's story. Uh, How many of you know families are hard? It's hard. And there are people in the room today, there are people who have desperately asked God for a child, and you can't have a child. There are mothers in the room today who prayed for the child you got, raised them one way, and they went a different way. And and you don't have uh, any relationship. There are children in the room today who were raised by a mother Who didn't know what they were doing. And either purposefully or inadvertently they hurt you. And now you have no relationship with your mom. There are people in the room today with stepmoms. And his kids and her kids and stepkids and half kids, and their kids and we're kids. And you can't believe you're related to all these people. You know? (laughs) Families are hard. and, And everybody's got... It's like noses. Everybody's got one and they all stink. You know what I mean? Like it just... It just It's just hard. And and so I want you today to hear this from me. Whatever situation you're in today, I want you to know that you're loved, that you're valued, that you deserve celebration, you deserve value. And you're important. You're important to God and you're important to us. One of the things we love about this church that that is only four years old, four and a half years old, is that everybody's somebody here. And so you didn't come in today thinking, well, I'm... You know, I'm not the kind of star mom, or I'm not, I'm not that five. You know, our story's not that story. I want you to know your story matters here. you got a place here, and you matter to God. And so if you don't hear anything else today, hear that. Hear that if you're a dad, if you're a mom, if you're a grandmother. Whatever hurt you're in today, we see you, we hear you, and God is for you. Can I get a good amen right there? All right. The reason why that's important to me, and Brandy's going to tell you, is because our story's not a typical story. So I want you to start with, especially for people maybe that haven't heard our story, talk about becoming a mother. For those of you that don't know, we have a nine-year-old little girl, a six-year-old little boy.
1: Yeah. Um, So as he was saying, not everybody is a mother, um, and that looks different for everybody. And I do applaud you today. Um, I said to our last service, uh, the idea, I think, sometimes of being a mom has, in this culture, been kind of dumbed down um, you know, you hear a lot of moms be apologetic. Well, I'm just a mom. What do you do? Well, I'm not a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, I don't own this or do that, but I'm just a mom. There's not a greater calling in this earth. And if God put that in your heart and he's given you the burden to do that, then he will find a way for you, even if that's not through natural means to have a, to have a family, to have a baby, to be a mom too. So I do applaud you. Um, so our journey started, we will be married 21 years in June. We were...
0: Now that's weird, because we're still in our 20s. <laughs> so we started, I'm from Arkansas, so you know.
1: I'm not. I'm not from Arkansas. Um, I'm, from, I'm from Texas, right? Oh, uh, there we go. Oh, calm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got him here as soon as we could, so... Um, we got, we got married almost 21 years ago. We were very young. And because of that, um, we knew that we weren't, like, super anxious to start a family right off the bat. Um, in fact, we had, like, these great big dreams and plans, and kids would have just got in the way of that, you know. Um, we we felt both called, felt called to the ministry and came straight out of high school um, into our first ministry opportunity at a church in Arkansas and um, it was interesting, we got married on a Friday night, road tripped with, you know, our little um, trunk full of stuff, our wedding shower gifts and whatnot, and, um, and on Saturday. And then on Sunday, he, he spoke at a revival service on a Pentecost Sunday, and then on Monday, we went on our honeymoon. So, and that's just kind of how our life has, it's kind of how it's followed. We stayed very busy, and, um, and it was really good for us. Um, in hindsight, uh, getting you know, being alone and and it forced us being being younger, and getting married, to really grow up. But um, early on, it was we were very selfish. Didn't want kids. They were a nuisance and a bother. And I was not the one who always had a baby on my hip. I'm great with babies. I just I, I didn't want one. You know, I'll hold yours for a second and give it back. Um, but you know, you grow up, and after I don't know, it was four or five six years. Um, we had. You know, when you're young and you're not ready for kids, we had some scares, like, oh, my God. But it it, it never took, or is that the word? It, it, you know, there was nothing there, so we were good. Thank but you, after, Jesus. After after some time, um, we, we grew up and started having that longing in our hearts um, for a child. And so then it became that we wanted it to take. <laughs> and we're like, why isn't this working, you know? Um, we we've had some scares, what's going on? And it just it didn't happen for us. And I don't know, probably maybe about a year after we were trying to have a baby on purpose, um, we just agreed, I I had seen even early on a lot of families who had dealt with infertility be split. Um, you know, it's your fault, we can't have kids, it's your fault we can't have kids, or you know, I'm gonna let you go. And I felt like we got married for better or worse. So this is our thing, and we're not going to know. What, I, di- I didn't want to know what was wrong with me. I didn't want to know what was wrong with him. I just thought, God, we're just going to trust that you know what's going on, and you're going to work it out, and you're, you've got a plan for us. So we never got tested or, or went to a doctor to figure that out, per se, what, what that was. Um, after about 10 years, we moved. Um, we were back in Texas, praise God. And we were working at a church in Austin, and I had a friend there who had a lot of kids, um, a lot of kids. And so when she was telling me some of her symptoms, they were very non-typical pregnancy symptoms. And so what was crazy is the way that she worded them and what she said were almost word for word what I had told him, right, that morning before church. I don't feel good about this, this, and this is, is what's going on. She told me, oh, God, I think I'm going to have another baby. Just for
0: clarity, you don't feel any of that today, (laughs) do you? Okay.
1: No. No. She told me, uh, you know, oh, God, I think I'm pregnant again. And, you know, I I can speak to moms. It seems like when you want a baby, um, you run into everybody who doesn't, you know, or I really want a child and I'm struggling, can't have that happen. And boom, 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 everyone around you getting pregnant. And this friend of mine, I loved her. She's a great friend. She didn't know or mean anything by it. I, I, I'm I, bigger than that. I didn't get offended. But um, part of my mind was like, well, great. She's got, you know, number eight child on the way, and I can't have one. But when she said that, it spoke to me like exactly what I had said. So we get home. Um, I think I emptied out our local CVS of every pregnancy test <laughs> and took it and immediately got um, that that positive line back, and so I was super nervous. You know, I went and told him. I will never forget the day I told him, like this is for real. I, if you've ever seen like a cartoon of someone's skin slide off their face, that's kind of what happened. He was like, "What? Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I just like emptied our bank account on these pregnancy tests. <laughs> I'm sure." So um, so yeah, it was positive. I had a friend um, at at that church recommend me to a doctor, just a, a normal doctor. Go in, yes, yes, Mrs. Rose, you're pregnant and you're very very early, and we're gonna run some tests. And when he did, this gets me every time. I'm sorry. <clears throat> when he did, he told me, I can see some things here, some some. Signs that you have lost some babies. And we knew that that was probably the case in the past, but like I said, we, we had just dealt with it and not, um, you know, it not made it a thing. Um, just hand, handled it and moved on. Um, he said, but I, I am actually not normally taking new patients. And he said, but this is a unique case, so I'm going to take it. He said, and also, I'm, I'm the president of this women's hospital, and I'm a fertility specialist. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? And he, he proceeded to get me some help, and it was a very, very simple fix. But, you know, we, we have beautiful children now, but up to that point, um, we, we had even gone through with deciding we were going to adopt. We had started that process because we really wanted a baby. And thinking now, if I had pushed things the way that I wanted them, 19-year-old me could not have handled a child. <laughs> and 21-year-old me could not have handled Henry Mitchell Rose. <laughs> um, but God did everything in his timing, you know. He, he brought us back to Texas where my family was able to be nearby and, um, and just made that possible. And it, it was just a beautiful thing. And I, I have so much um, compassion in my heart on these days now for moms who are going through that. And I know that it, it looks different for every mom. I know that it can be painful. But it's no less um, worthy of being celebrated. If you are a mom, you deserve to be celebrated today. It is a high, high calling that God's put in some of our hearts. And it's to raise world-changing leaders for his kingdom. Amen.
0: Yeah. So let, let me tell you what to hear from that. A couple of things uh, in in our ten year, eleven year journey. So we had a miracle baby. We didn't do anything, like she said, we didn't do in vitro or anything like that. Really a simple fix, and um, and she was able to keep Hazel. And then two years nine months later, we had Henry. And now
1: now we're done. We're all done.
0: Now I sleep in the guest room. Oh and Lord.
1: Or I do. <coughs> Yeah,
0: Here's what I want you to hear. We went 10 years, 11 years with everybody saying, are y'all going to have kids? Are you pregnant? 10 Mother's Days, ten, 10 Christmases, and we didn't tell anybody. There were times we we knew we had just went through a miscarriage and, and didn't tell anybody. We didn't tell her parents, my parents, nobody. Here's what I want you to hear. You're not meant to go through this alone. Mom and dad, and families, and grandmothers, the reason why church is so important, the reason why we're kicking off a new semester of small groups in just a couple of weeks for the summer is because you're supposed to be surrounded by people that you can take the mask off and say, hey, I can't tell everybody, but I need to tell somebody that we're struggling right now, and I need some help. And I wish we would have done that. It's a lesson that I think we both learned through that is we could have now, you know, 10 years later, we tell our story and there's t- tons of people who, who relate to the story that we tell and, and who, who have walked through what we walk through. And I think to myself, what if we would have been able to get that kind of help earlier on in our journey? And so if you're in church today and you think, man, nobody knows and nobody needs to know, that's not true. That's not true. God didn't design you to go through your life alone. Nobody's supposed to stand in a hospital waiting room alone. Nobody's supposed to go alone to a funeral and stand over an open grave. Nobody is supposed to have to go to their OB and hear you've lost the baby alone. Everybody needs somebody. Can I get a better amen? Amen. I don't care how strong you think you are. Everybody needs somebody. Uh, So we had two babies. We're done having babies. Thank you for all of your prayers. Um, But we're done having babies now. If we would have had Brother Henry first, we would have had one world-changing no. leader. <laughs> so God, God, knows. God knows. Hey, listen. How many of you know God knows the right time for you? Amen. You could get the right thing at the wrong time, and it be the wrong thing. Right. That's right. I would write that down if I were you. <laughs> you can get the right thing at the wrong time. There are some of us who have... I want you to hear this on this Mother's Day. You've lost your job and you think, why did I lose my job now? Because if you'd have kept that job, it might have been the right job, wrong time, you could have self-destructed. If we'd have had kids early on at 19, 20, 21, let me tell you a couple of things that would have happened. We would not be married. It would be the first one. We probably would have blew our, our marriage up, our ministry up. God knew the right time. So trust the timing of God, the timing of God in your life. We live in a microwave world, and God is a crockpot kind of God. All right, everybody? He's cooking it slow and steady, and I want it in 90 seconds. Take a deep breath. God has a plan. Can I get a better amen? Mama, God has a plan for your baby. God has a plan for your marriage. God has a plan for you, and we saw that. And in hindsight, we look back now 21 years later and go, that's why God... Waited till. That's why it was that year. That's why God did this at His time. So, so that's a little bit about our journey. And and by the way, I feel like God's given me a special anointing to pray for couples who have uh, infertility problems. It'd be my honor to pray for you if that's you. And uh, a few times in my ministry, I've been able to pray and God answer. I'm not telling. It's not magic. It's not. I just think. I think sometimes God uses your greatest pain for your deepest ministry. And some of us have walked through deep valleys as a mom, as a grandmother, as a wife, as a father, as a grandfather. And God has brought you so that you can help other people. You can yeah. help other moms.
1: And I, I think to that end as well, you know, it would have been easy to, to, to live to 30, 40, 50, 60 years old waiting for a promise of, of my own child. And, and I believe God can do that. I believe he's still a miracle-working God. I fully believe that. We sang that today. This is a house of miracles. Right. I shared with the last service, um, my, my first pastor, um, the, the church that my parents were saved in, his wife has really struggled um, post-COVID. She had some blood clot things develop, and it, she wound up in a coma. It's been there for a month and a half. And I give God glory. They, they were talking to him about, hey, we might need to look at, you know, just hospice care and, and let her go. And yesterday, I think it was yesterday, she was sitting up talking and, and wiggling her toes and waving her arms. And, you know, it's incredible, guys that that's a testimony that is a testimony of what God can still do so i know that he can work miracles but i will also say there is something on you there's something on you he says this a lot we have to do some of the work as well right. to see our faith engaged i wanted a child and i wanted a child that you know was a little piece of both of us but i also knew if that didn't happen we were going to have a baby anyway and so i took the steps to, okay let 's adopt there are there are kids that need to be adopted that 's something that 's always been in our hearts, and I believe in it. so I just think that when when God tells you no this way it 's very important to understand what a no is or a no, not now or a no, but we can do it this way. Does right. that make sense? and I think right. that's the importance of of having godly counsel and, and seeking his his will yeah,
0: so true. Let me honor also we have a couple of Foster parents in our church and foster moms and you're providing families and moms and stability for other children who the system has failed or their family has failed and uh, there's just if you look for it there's always a way for God to give a yes always yeah. always yeah. a way for you to still walk in ministry so tell me this I know our times are short we told a little bit of our story but I want you to talk about the greatest uh, thing, the lesson you've learned, and, and and we don't have all the answers. I don't teach a lot of parenting series because I haven't raised teenagers yet, so I don't want to hear your horror stories. Just let me walk into it the way I walk into it, okay? <laughs> just it, Let it be what it is, and in about 10 or 15 years, I'll start preaching about parenting again, but as of right now, I got no answers, okay? Because I just got a nine-year-old. I know this, if her little attitude at 19 and nine... Anyways, so... <laughs> Uh, I don't have a lot of answers, but there has been some lessons learned, and I want you to talk through that. And then I want you to talk uh, about people who are still waiting to hear from God.
1: Yes. Um, First lesson I've learned is you can operate on less sleep than you think you can. (laughs) I know that's kind of funny. That's just a little bit of fun this morning. But um, in all sincerity, I think that having a child has done its greatest work for me in revealing to me the way that God loves me. Um, And that's super selfish, I think, but I believe that it is the plan of God um, for you to have children in your life, um, even if that doesn't look biological, but someone that you're able to pour into and serve and and who is truly a part of your family. Because having Hazel and Henry as a mom, you know, your mind can go to some pretty sick places. Um, Moms know, right? You think about every horrible thing that they could have do or every horrible thing that they could fall into and um there's not one thing of where my mind has taken me that would cause me to say I don't love Hazel or Henry. I love them. There is nothing that they could do. And his word tells us that if we love our children, how much more does our heavenly father love us? So if we want to give good things to our children, how much more does our heavenly father want to give us good things? and that is just revealed to me over and over and over again even the the mama 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 mom or the nagging days or the hard days because even though that might get an eye roll from me or like a, okay i know ultimately i'm going to do what's best for them and if it's something i can do for them i'm going to do for them and i'm limited to what i can do but god is not limited he has no limits so and i've really now also understood that sometimes when God does not give me a yes or doesn't show me a way out or doesn't give me my way, it's because of a reason that I may not understand. And I don't think I fully ever understood that till I had children. Now knowing I'm telling you no, and you may not understand why, but I do. And that has just really, really opened my eyes up to, to how incredible God's love is for us and what that looks like so that we're able to come to him and not fear feel fearful or ever think that he doesn't want to give me something really really good for me. Yeah,
0: so good. I think one of the devil's biggest strategies is if he can distort your view of your earthly parents, then he can mess up your view of your heavenly father. Right? If if there's a if there's a brokenness in your earthly relationship with your mother or your father, then then he can subconsciously you'll you'll superimpose those feelings on your heavenly father. And I want you to know this, he's a better father than your dad, he's a, he's a better parent. He can fill in the gaps where your mother may have failed. Or if you're in church today thinking, well, we don't have a good relationship, you know, and how can it be that way? God is the person who can fill in the gap in your life and make up the difference. Can I get a better amen, amen. than that, everybody? Amen. amen. So one of the things that you talked about in, in our time left uh, that you wanted to share today was on the topic of resilience. And, and just helping moms, helping people who feel like this is a hard season, coming out of a hard season, hard season with their children that they're currently raising or not being able to have a child or maybe just COVID and that sort of knockdown. And you had some great thoughts about how to stand back up, how to be resilient in the face of that. I want you to share those.
1: Absolutely. If you're waiting, I'm wondering um, if you can get back up from whatever it is that you feel you've been knocked down by. Um, my first piece of advice would be to pray and to fast. Um, those aren't things that um, you automatically go to. You know, we'll Google WebMD or how do I get this in a heartbeat. But closing our eyes and saying a prayer, you know, and focusing on him and talking to him about it is not just always natural to us. But he wants to hear from you and he wants to help you through that. He, I, I, I was... Um, Talking to you about this, sometimes um, you know we want to have our daily devotions and spend our hours in prayer, and sometimes there are seasons that that happens. But in real life, there are times where you can find yourself slipping a couple of hours a day, a couple of days a week, you haven't really spent any time in prayer. And there's a good chance that that thing that you're praying about that you can't figure out why is not being answered. That may be because God knows that's the only thing that's bringing you to him every day and surrendering to him every day. And he wants to hear from you and he wants to talk to you. Fasting is also so important. It's not something we like, but that's kind of the point. Um, It's to deny ourselves. And there's a reason that the Bible told us that there are certain things that don't come but by fasting, prayer and fasting. Sometimes you have to deny yourself and your eyes are opened so clearly to what it is that God's wanting to give you. And then I think finally, um, in Revelations 12, 11, he says in his word that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Right. So I think it's also super important to tell your testimony. I honor um, William Aritua, I think he's back there today, for sharing his story yesterday, uh, last Sunday. It was so incredible. It blessed me, and I have heard all week people that else, who else it blessed, people who look at him and say, he's a very successful man now, and, um, you know, he's in real estate and and pharmaceuticals and all these things, and never would have known he and his wife spent a night in a car just a few years back, you know, but his surrender to God um, made that possible, but by his testimony, it encouraged other people to say, hey, I I can do that. I can have that. And there's something so strong in encouraging yourself and strengthening your faith that while you're waiting and the thing may not have happened yet, if he's brought you this far and what he's done to get you to the point that you're at, right. that stands as an absolute testimony that he right. will do it again. Right, 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 he right, right. will do it again. He's not done yet. Um, I think also if you're feeling lost um, about who am I going to marry? Um, What job am I going to take? This is something that I personally, as a pastor of this house, pray for our church regularly. And that is God, give them discernment, open their eyes, give them clarity that what we're doing every week is not just a social club. Our vision, Mitch and Brandy Rose's vision for City Hills is so big. We long to see rooms packed out and people bringing people and miracles happening. We got an email this week um, that just, he, he says it like this, um, it put fuel in our tanks, you know. Sometimes you're just feeling like, and this is not a, please, please don't barrage me, oh, you're amazing, you know, y'all are great, Um but sometimes you do wonder, like, is this does this matter? Am I making a difference? You know, are people just coming just to check off their list every week? But really, the point of this every week is for change to happen. And when change happens, for you to tell somebody change has happened. And I think we can get super um, tied down and distracted by um, you know applause from people or praise from people or, you know, caught up in the busyness of life, and we miss the clear, clear vision that God wants to give us. Um, In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 19, I wrote this down because I I wanted to get it all. Um, It tells us to ask the Lord to make us intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally, that our eyes would be clear and focused so that we can see exactly what he wants, and I really think that that's something that we have to do um, is, is spend time focusing and getting a clear vision of what it is that he's called us here to do, yeah. to be a part of.
0: Yeah, so good. So if you're today, if you're struggling through why and when and how, and I, those are two incredible practical next steps. If you're not close to God, you can't expect God to answer and you can't expect God to whisper in your ear. You know, sometimes I wonder... Why it is that I had to follow the Lord you, you know you ever had somebody who give you um, directions and and the, and you're meeting at a place and they say, uh, 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 just meet me there. okay, well, give me the address and I'll put it in and they tell you, no, just follow me. You know people like this? You hate people like this? right? I don't want to just follow you. I have a phone that is tracked by the Russians or so I mean like I, I can get to where I'm, if you're Russian today, no, why did I say that? God bless
1: all the Russians. God bless
0: all the Russians.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I'm looking for, I can get there on this phone. No, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me there. And then they drive like a wild man and you lose them and you can, you're like, if you'd have just gave me the address, I could have been there. Listen, a lot of times we want God to give us the address of the miracle and it's just follow me. Jesus never, he when he, call, he never called a disciple and said, hey, here's where we're going. He just said, follow me, just follow him. And there's some stuff you just got to be close to him so that you can hear him, that your eyes are open. Ephesians says that, that you know God, that your eyes are open, that you find freedom so that I can tell you what I want you to do. I can redeem the thing that I've put inside of you so that you can find purpose in your pain. I want you to hear that today, that there's purpose in all that you've gone through I don't want you to just go through your life. I want you to grow through every season of your life. If you've just gone through infertility or a struggling child or a hard marriage, or if you're not growing through it, then you're destined to repeat it. The way that you pass the test is that you grow in every season, even the seasons of pain. And Today, if you're in a waiting season like we were for 10 years in a waiting season on God, don't waste the wait. Make sure that, you know what you do? You know what a waiter does? You know what a waiter does? He serves. You want to? You want to know what to do while you wait? If you'll serve in the wait, it's amazing how God will open the door in your life. That was free. I didn't write none of that down.
1: Yeah. Give me I, another one. I think. In, I think. And just to kind of piggyback off of that, um, that's something else that we need to work on as Christians is our, our resilience and our self-awareness. Um, yeah. it's, it's very counterculture these days to put others first and to serve others first. Um, it's so easy to look at your schedule, your calendar, your plans, and, and try to fit God in or ministry in or serving in. Really, it should be out of an abundance of your heart that you're doing that out of everything that you do in your life. Um, I, think, I think that that's super important. And I think um, it's it's something that we don't just say, but we really believe, you know, Uh, he kind of talked about this earlier. But um, small groups and this wasn't a small group message, but it is coming up that that's a place where you can serve and be served. And that's a place where you understand when you really plug in how much bigger this is than just on Sunday. And that's why we value that so much. Yeah,
0: so good. All right. G- give me one more. Time's running out, but I want you to help us on resilience again. And we talked about this recently. We were in the car together, and we were talking about our daughter and raising girls and that sort of thing. And you said, and it was funny in the moment, it's, it's funny now, that Eve really did a number on women. I <laughs> you did. know what I mean? Like,
1: I did. And, I was feeling pretty frustrated with her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I grew up in a spirit-filled church, and a spirit-filled church like I grew up in, we blame the devil for everything. <laughs> everything. Your card on starts, devil. You know, everything. Some stuff's not the devil. Some stuff's just life. Right. Some stuff's just sin entered the world and it made it broke. It, it broke the world. And the good news that you and I have is Jesus came to put it back together. <laughs> so the reason why we're pushing and the reason why we talk so much about your life Get, surrendering your whole life to Christ and that you get close to God and that you follow the Lord is that he puts back together the stuff that's broken. But it's really, it's a strange season because when people get knocked down, it's really tough for them to get back up.
1: I think the the um, basis of the message that I had prepared was was really on resilience. And it was the idea that we need to toughen up. And I I I had a lot of great points to that. And I don't know, I just... Um, I felt like maybe this would be a softer way to do it. He said last service it's because I want him to be the bad guy but um, I ultimately That's true <laughs> I think I think we do need to toughen up you know I feel like um, the enemy has made it sexy to be busy or to always be sick and that is not the will of God. It is not the will of God for us to be defeated and tired all the time. It should not be your answer to every time someone's, how are you doing? I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. Because when you look at their life, sometimes that's legitimate. I, I'm a mom. I'm legitimately tired. And I, I know there are college students who are legitimately tired. But sometimes it's not that you're tired. You're just dealing with life. And, it, and it's become popular to let that overwhelm you. And I think that that we're doing a disservice to the world when the world is wrapping things up, God, God's wrapping things up. This world is not going to be here forever. We have a job to do, and we have people to reach. Um, I, I let him talk a little bit about it in the last service. He says things sometimes a lot better than I do. Um, in Isaiah, they were battling um, in the middle of some some major mess, and God spoke to them. I can get you the scripture after after service, but. Um, You may know it. But he, he told them, I am your strength and your steady. And that is such a calming thing to me, that I don't have to be worried all the time about what's going on. I don't have to be tired all the time. I don't have to be exhausted. He knows. He knew what was coming in 2020. He knew who was going to be elected president. He knew that there was going to be pieces of a Chinese rocket falling on earth today. And he wasn't worried about it. He has not finished his, his story, is not finished, and as long as we're still here and we're breathing, we have a job to do, and that is to reach the lost, and I think that the enemy has, has manipulated that in a way that if he can get us tired or self-serving or distracted, then we lose our purpose, and that's really the ultimate, ultimate point of it all is that we have to stay focused and understand that what we're doing, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, co-workers, neighbors, it's ultimately to point people back to Christ. Not to be offended over every little thing. It's, it's a beautiful thing now that, you know, 50 years ago it was one way or the highway. And now, you know, I, I, I said this, I feel like it's great now that there are so many ways we can reach people and teach people. God designed us uniquely, and there's beauty in that. But we can't allow that to become an overcorrection now, that everybody's differences are something that we have to tiptoe around. We've got to say, look, I love you right where you're at. I see what you're going through, but let me tell you about Jesus and how he can help you through it. He changed my life. He can change your life. This is my story. He can change your story. And I think that I think that that's really what I wanted to share this Mother's Day, is if He can do it for me, He can do it for you. So
0: good. You receive the word of the Lord today, everybody. Reach over if you came to church with somebody. Reach over and take them by the hand. Moms, dads, husbands, single adults, make a move. Come on. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. Not the right time. (laughs) Bow your heads. Father, I know there are people in the room today who are struggling. People who are facing um, difficult seasons like we walked through a few years ago and some that are a whole lot harder. God, there are couples who are struggling in their marriage today. Mother's Day is strange and it's hard. There are moms whose children they haven't spoken to in a while or children who haven't spoken to their mother in a long time. There are people today living with regret. I wish I would have called my mom. Now she's gone. There are people today who are struggling with distraction and fear and worry and all that stuff Brandy talked about that we just sort of heap on ourselves and the devil is trying his best. days are numbered the world's wrapping up, Jesus is coming, he's trying to wear people out, exhaust them with their struggles and trials Father I pray for people and families today that came to church weary on Mother's Day, feeling overwhelmed with a marriage that's hurting and suffering, we probably should have went to counseling earlier here we are a child who's now addicted that I probably should have said something earlier but now here we are Finances that are out of control. We probably should have stopped earlier, but now here we are. And God, there's hurt and struggle and pain. I'm just asking you today to do what only you can do. God, if you can answer for Brandy and I, come through as a miracle worker in our life. You can do it in their life. I pray for healing in this moment with hands held. I pray for deliverance in this moment. I pray for strength for the journey pray somebody that walked into mother's day with their head down would leave with their head held high that god is on their side that god is a miracle worker that god is our strength that god's a good father that loves us cares for us never leaves us or first doesn't really matter how my earthly mother or father doesn't really matter the hurt they inflicted god is good father i pray for supernatural healing in this moment if you've never surrendered that thing to God, this is the time to do it. you got to give God everything, your marriage, your struggles, your hurts, your past, your worries, your fears. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I remember the day Brandon and I walked down to the front of a Pentecostal church in South Mississippi. The guy was asking, the preacher that night was asking, is it anybody trying to have a baby? Felt like you had a word of Knowledge for someone trying to have a baby and I remember the feeling of shame and we kind of just moseyed our way to the front and stood around for him to lay hands on us and pray. And it was a few years later before we had a baby, but I just remember the faith that it took and to finally admit I need some help. And maybe you're in that boat today where you just need to go to God and say, God, we need some help. I need some help in this I'm I'm surrendering this to you. So Father. I give you my whole life today. God, I surrender our marriage to you. I surrender our family, our children, our finances, this church, our ministry. I just surrender it all to you, God. God, you, I need you to be not just the Savior that rescues me from my mess, but the Lord of my life. I want to follow you. I want to get close to God. I want you to become the father that I need so that I can be the father and, Brandy could be the mom and we can build legacy together in our children and grandchildren and generations to come. Father, I pray that's true for every person in the room today. Let a wave of healing sweep across the house this Mother's Day. In Jesus' mighty name,